Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey friend, support this podcast by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple iTunes. And you can also do that now in Spotify and leave five stars for Infertility and Me podcast. This will just help increase our show's ranking and reach so that we can continue to reach more people and more friends who may be silently suffering with infertility too. Now, let's get into the episode. Thank you guys so much for being here to Infertility and Me podcast. Welcome, 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 you guys. So bonus episode for you today with Dr. Rakama and Dr. Barrett Cohen. These two doctors are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work within the fertility community and reproductive care as a whole. I am not going to make you guys wait very long for this interview and discussion today about male factor infertility and how Dr. Bakama and Dr. Cohen are both trying to change the game, I should say, and present a better way and opportunity for other facilities and clinics to collaborate with them on their Project AIM. Now, Project AIM is a collaborative effort with fertility clinics and OBGYNs to help assess and diagnose male factor infertility with couples who are trying to conceive. Now, individually, Dr. Cohen and Dr. Barrett all both have their own practices. And so they will tell you a little bit about that in this episode. Dr. Cohen is a chief medical officer of Posterity Health. He has specializing in treating men with infertility for over 20 years. He received his medical degree with honors and completed his urology residency and fellowship at Stanford University of Medicine. He's published multiple scientific articles and authored a chapter on a commonly read fertility book. He is a member of the American Urologic Association, American Society for Reproductive Medicine, the Society for the Study of Male Reproduction, and the Society for Male Reproduction and Urology. And then Dr. Natan Barhama is the director of the Center of Male 
Reproductive Health, or widely known as RMA, of New York. He is a board-certified urologist and a male infertility specialist. Following his urology residence at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, he was awarded the New York Academy of Medicine F.C. Valentine Fellowship and subspecialized in male reproductive medicine and surgery at the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. For the last 20 years, Dr. Bahama has been the Director of Male Reproductive Medicine and Surgery, is on faculty in both the Department of Urology and Obstetrics and Gynecology, and Reproductive Science at the Econ School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. I hope I didn't mess that school's name up too much. I haven't heard anybody say that name in a while. So Dr. Bahama's practice is exclusively dedicated to the fields of male infertility and sexual medicine, and he has published extensively and lectured throughout the world in these areas. He is currently on the board of directors and slated to be president of the Society for Male Reproduction and Urology, is past president of the Society for the Study of Male Reproduction, and serves on the board of directors of the, the patient advocacy organization path to parenthood. So on March 14th, 2022, Posterity Health, which is Dr. Cohen's practice, RMA of New York, Dr. Bahama's practice, they collaborated to create Project AIM. Project AIM stands for Access to Care Inclusive of the Male Partner. Project AIM provides men with at-home testing and access to male fertility specialists through leading OBGYNs across the country, beginning with RMA of New York, widely acknowledged as a national and international leader in the state of art reproductive medicine. Project AIM will create a unified fertility journey experience with obstetricians and gynecologists offering patients options to conveniently obtain a semen analysis and engage with Posterity Health's novel telehealth platform that will provide them with male infertility expertise and urologists. Following the initial launch with RMA of New York, Posterity Health will begin rolling out Project AIM in other states to make accessing male fertility care more easily accessible all. Project's AIM goal and benefits are supporting the couple through their journey to parenthood by promoting the coordinated evaluation of both parties, exploring the root causes of male infertility, and possibly detecting underlying men's health conditions, embracing the LGBTQIA community with inclusive family building services. New Yorkers looking to conceive with will have the opportunity to better navigate a fertility journey together through an initiative called Project AIM. So that's the basis of Project AIM is to create a collaborative effort with doctors and clinics all over the nation and hopefully globally at some point, if not already by the time that this episode releases. And that is to help males get to the root causes of their infertility. And when they're, well, you'll hear in this episode, Dr. Barrett Cohen explains that 
sometimes there are instances where the female has unexplained infertility, but then when they do their analysis and they do their telehealth calls, they get to the root cause of the issue with the couple and they find that there's a male infertility factor issue where the male's sperm may not be of the best quality and some simple lifestyle changes greatly and vastly increase the chances of successful pregnancy and a viral pregnancy and an overall healthy baby and lifestyle. So we'll get into a lot of those things in this episode. Dr. Barrett Cohen and Dr. Natan Barkama both speak eloquently about the various reasons for male factor infertility, how their passion is creating a holistic care program that services both the male and the female and not just putting the weight and the burden on the female as we see in marketing efforts in fertility and reproductive care industry. And it's always pushed and aimed at the woman because society and and we're all in history, we see that bearing the children has always been the work of the mother or the woman in the situation. And then they're also really adamant about helping to expand families, ways in which LGBTQIA community members can greatly increase their chances for a successful and viable pregnancy as well. And so we get into a lot of those things. You'll learn and educate and be reminded of many things that go into creating or expanding families and including the male partner. And so I think that you guys will really enjoy this episode. Make sure that you pass it along to your friends, your loved ones in the community, in and out of the community, I should say, if they're having troubles trying to conceive. And male factor may be an issue, or if you would just like to get a better understanding of male factor issues and ways in which you can get your partner tested, please reach out to Project AIM as well as their individual practices of posterity health and so that you can get comprehensive plans and treatments and telehealth. And what they also speak about is how easy it is to get the diagnoses for men. There's specific, very straightforward tests that can be done to get to the root causes. And, and with this project AIM, they hope to be able to collect more data and more research um, so that they can advance the technology needed to treat male factor infertility. And so we'll be back in just a moment, you guys, with Dr. Cohen and Dr. Barkama. Welcome back, you guys, to Infertility and Me podcast. I have Dr. Barrett Cohen and Dr. Nathan Rakama on the line today speaking about male factor infertility, as I stated in the intro, as well as their new initiative and collaboration with Project AIM. So thank you, gentlemen, so much for being on the show and taking the time out of your busy, busy schedules. I appreciate you. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Yes, it's my absolute pleasure. And so let's start, I guess, with why you guys got into male reproductive care and in the reproductive industry um, in general, actually. So I guess Dr. Cohen or Doc, I don't know which one of you guys want to go first. Yeah, I'll I'll take that one on first. (laughs) So uh, yeah, first of all, thanks for having us. We're just really delighted to be here. Uh, you know, reproductive urology is actually a specialty that doesn't have very many people in it. There's probably just over 200 people in the country who do this. And so we're really very, 
there are very few of us, and so we're kind of a rare species to begin with. But what we've, what I found is that it's tremendously rewarding in this uh, to do this to help people achieve their goal of having a healthy child. And quite frankly, um, you know, there's such a huge need uh, for people like Natan and myself to be out there helping people. I think I would add to that that um, you know many of us have gone into the field of medicine to deal with disease, and I think it's a good starting point to identify that infertility is not a psychological or social issue. It is actually a medical disease. And once we accept that structure and that framework, diagnosis and testing and and medical input is something that we encourage uh, and want to expedite through this uh, Project AIM initiative. I'm sure you guys get it a lot, but are you seeing that male fertility is becoming more of an issue as you've been in the practice for many, many years now, um, since the beginning of your careers, are you finding that it's more common now than it, say, was 20, 20 years ago? Yeah, well, interestingly, the, the infertility as a whole, and I, I really see it as a couple's issue, not as a male or female issue, but as a couple's issue, it's very, very common. Traditionally, one in eight couples who are trying to conceive have difficulty. And, if, and the woman's over 35, it's actually one in six. So it's really quite common. In most traditional fertility centers, for example, fertility centers have been, in the past have largely been female fertility centers. And so it's, it's really great to be able to offer what we call collaborative couples care. And I, and I think I would just add to that as well, that while infertility is common, a contribution by the male is often underappreciated. You know, about 20 to 30% of the time when a couple faces infertility, it is due to the male. And in another 20% of the time, it's a combination of the two. So this notion of segmenting and, and first dealing with the female and then assessing the male, that is not efficient or actually the current philosophy. The, the scientific community um, in guidelines set up just a year ago highlight that both the male and female should undergo an evaluation simultaneously in parallel and that's the really probably the most important message we can send via this 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 podcast we need to have both evaluated at the same time from the get-go for us not to waste valuable time and to make a plan or create an, an environment where we can contribute most effectively being someone in the, in the space and speaking to fertility uh, patients all the time. I really like what you guys are doing and and really seeing it being a trending or trend, the trendsetter of care when it comes to couples and treating them as a whole and as a collective. I was just speaking to someone and she said that it was maybe a year into getting reproductive assistance before they really started considering her husband as an issue as well. And they ended up getting um, diagnosed with dual factor infertility and he did some extra testing. And I'm, I just, I just wonder why it wasn't done in the beginning, but you know, every clinic is different. Every doctor behaves differently. It's, it's pain. It's very painful. When, when we hear these stories and we experience those, those couples day in and day out, it's heartbreaking with male factor. The technology is remarkable. We've been blessed to practice in a period where we can take an individual sperm and inject it into an individual egg. So I don't really care whether you need millions or we have excellent technology, but we can't compensate for a woman's fertility status. Uh, We can't overcome 
aging eggs. And when you hear that someone wasted six months or a year only to find out that this person is obstructed and he has no sperm, but he's making sperm in the testicle, that year is, is valuable. And we need to let couples know that it's not in their best interest to delay the assessment of the male. You guys mentioned earlier that it's always been sort of uh, or marketed. A lot of clinics market the women in the situation and, and not marketing both the man and the woman or however the sexual orientation of the couple is. Why do you believe that, that it's been that way? Is it because we do bear the children and that we carry the children? How, why do you, th- you guys think that, that we're always marketed? more than the men. Yeah, I think there's several different reasons. I mean, the way fertility centers were traditionally set up, they were set up by reproductive endocrinologists. And it was only recently that some of them really began to embrace the role of, of the male. Um, and uh, RMA is, is large, obviously one of them, which has been absolutely fantastic in, in, in New York and other areas. But the um, the other aspect of, of this is that you know, this has been seen sociologically as a women's role, to, you know, to bear children. Uh, and, and and obviously it takes two to tango, by the way. <laughs> you know, it, it really takes a, a, a male and a female to, to accomplish this process. And, and now more and more uh, males want to be involved in this process. You know, the burden's been really resting on the shoulders of the women, and it, which is really unfair to women. So it's interesting the. The irony of all this is by bypassing and neglecting the male, the women have actually paid the price for this. And so we're, well, both Natan and I are male fertility specialists and we work exclusively with males. You know, by helping out the males, we're actually helping out the women, quite honestly. No, I would also add to that, that, you know, there's ego involved. There's there's macho uh, components involved. And having a male question his manhood is socially a a burden or an obstacle that we, through Project AIM, want to tackle, which is, you know, let's bring the testing into a comfortable, convenient environment. Uh, Let's take the lessons that we've, you know, unfortunately, these last two, three years have been horrific, you know, and we're not out of the woods yet. But we're realizing that, that medicine can be delivered through technology, through telemedicine, and home testing is available. Uh, so we're trying to bring those changes that accelerated by the COVID pandemic to help deal with getting the diagnosis and assessment of the male early on. So there's, there's there, there are a lot of reasons why this is a good time for this to succeed. As, as kind of Natan alluded to earlier, male infertility is not an issue of their virility. It's not an issue of their masculinity. It's truly a medical problem. And let's address it as such. I want to tell you guys about Infertile Teas. Infertile Teas was created by Marilyn Gomez, who is an IVF survivor, mom to her one and only. Infertile Teas sells graphic teas made with the silent sufferer and infertility warrior in mind. Their graphic teas, hats, socks, masks, and a plethora of other goods are created and curated 
with you in mind to tell your story your own way. You guys, I really love Infertile Tees because the quality of the shirts are fan-freaking-tastic. They're soft and they feel great against your skin. The designs are very beautiful. Marilyn designs all of the graphics herself and she also draws those graphics. So she's an all-around creative badass, you guys. To check out in fertile teas and when you do when you find that special item that showcases you while also advocating for infertility and or miscarriage awareness use code IAM15 to get a discount on your purchase you guys will not regret it check out infertilities.com for your infertility advocacy awareness products. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Dr. Barrett, because I don't think that many people in the past have viewed it that way, obviously, because you guys wouldn't have created the platform. You wouldn't have seen the need to create it, you know? And so I just, I just really love that. And I'm definitely going to have to keep that in the back of my mind and think of you guys when I'm speaking to people when they're asking for resources. When did you guys begin to see the, the gap or, you know, because when we're creating something new, we always looking for what's missing, right? I think because Natan and I have been in this space for a long time, We've always known it, you know, we've always known it. And, and as you said, technology really has allowed us to get the message out uh, and say, Hey, you know, let's, let's address this issue. Let's, let's help males. Quite honestly, not just in a heterosexual relationship, but those in the LBGTQ community as well, who are, who want, who have the right and the desire to have their own families uh, as well. Um, and, And so it's, it's really become, you know, our passions to say, hey, let's make a difference. Let's change things so that we can give people the best chance for success. And I think what you highlighted, Monique, is really important is, is yes, we can talk in the abstract, right? Infertility or not being able to conceive. But at the end of the day, what's going on in your specific case? What are the facts and the data that's important for you to make the right decisions uh, for your goals to be achieved. And and like anything else, if you um, are told, well, try for six months and come back, everything looks fine, that's may not be the case. And, and why not get the data, personalize, individualize what's going on in this specific couple so that you can make the right decisions 
that are that are important for you. One of the things that I always say to couples is every very often they look at each month as its own event and we were not successful and let's try again next month. And I said, well, why don't we take a step back and find out what the data is and what is your six month plan? Okay, what are you going to do each month so that you increase your chances to achieve a pregnancy and a healthy pregnancy? And once people start taking a perspective of what is my six month plan or my one year plan, uh, obviously getting the data is important to create that plan. And there's a shift there uh, where diagnostics and testing isn't something you want to push off. Do you see many cases that are just as complicated as women's cases of infertility? I always wonder if it's easier to treat some aspects of male infertility as opposed to female fact infertility. Yeah, well, it's definitely easier to assess the male. Uh, you know, doing a semen analysis is really very, very simple. It's relatively inexpensive. And now we have the technology to be able to do that at home, you know, really in a private and comfortable environment. And so that makes we try that we feel that that'll make a, a big difference and 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 you're right there you know some of the cases that we see are very very simple and straightforward but other than other are quite complicated males who've been exposed to chemotherapy uh, and didn't bank sperm beforehand people with genetic issues it's really interesting that some of the factors that influence male fertility status are really quite simple you know like just lifestyle and behavioral issues can have a huge impact uh, on, on these things and so you know, when I when I tell people, I said, look, if you want to be a father, listen to your mother. And they go like, what are you talking about? And they said, you know, when you're growing up, your mom said, don't smoke, don't drink too much, don't do drugs, you know, eat right, don't get overweight. All those impact, all those issues can really significantly impact male's fertility status. And the, the other thing I would add, I think that one of the things that has been also an issue is that the semen analysis, which is now simplified and made more convenient through home testing and, and is still not a simple test to interpret. There are many couples that come into my office panicked and stressed for weeks at a time till they had the opportunity to see us because there aren't that many of us, okay? And the analysis was really almost fairly okay, but there was a lack of expertise in interpreting the many variables that go into a semen analysis. From our colleagues in medicine, there's been a reluctance to do a test that might be outside their comfort zone. So Project AIM is not only to get the test, okay, but how to interpret it, how to understand it. You know, what is the next step that we need to do to, to optimize or understand what the, where the problem is coming from? And it's important to know that sometimes we don't have an answer, but very often we need to ask the question. And it could be genetics and it could be hormones and people are taking testosterone or people have poor lifestyle choices, but we need to get into the game. But the first step is to do the test and have it analyzed and interpreted by someone who understands the nuances and the complexity of a semen analysis. One of the, it's really interesting as we go around and educate uh, physicians about Project AIM, you know, it's really been shocking that a lot of gynecologists won't order a semen analysis because they don't want to have to, A, deal with the guy and have that discussion because it's not there in their comfort zone. It just isn't. And and I said, look, we'll take care of that aspect for you. We will actually communicate the results uh, to the individual male and explain the implications and potential uh, interventions that we can make together 
to improve it. And I had, you know, one, one gynecologist came up, come up and gave me a big hug. He said, oh my gosh, Barris, thank you, thank you. This is like Christmas in July. So thank you for doing this because we, this is, we just, I hate doing, making those semen analysis calls when they're abnormal. When they're normal, it's really easy. Hey, there's not an issue. But when it's abnormal, I don't, it's not in my comfort zone to understand the complexity and the implications of what a semen else is. So Natana and I are really trying together to say, hey, let's reach out to these people, make it easy for the get the semen analysis, make it easy to interpret the semen analysis and, and understand what the implications are. Love that. And I think that was, it's going to be one of the biggest impacts you guys have in collaborating with uh, different facilities and clinics and, and, and working with other doctors, for sure. No, I think it's also important to, to educate that we, you know, in, in when you do a semen analysis and it's abnormal, right? That is just the first step. You know, both Barrett and I, you know, see men who come in thinking everything's fine and get diagnosed with testicular cancer, okay? And the only thing that triggered that diagnosis uh, was the fact that there was an abnormality on the semen analysis. Um, majority of testicular cancer comes from the cells that make sperm. So there's a, you know, there's an increased risk in men with infertility to have testicular cancer. The other causes that we look for are, are genetic causes. And I can tell you that when the count is very low, the male is, is distraught. He, he feels that by, you know, smoking pot during college, he's ruined his chances of having kids or poor choices that he made a month ago. And all of a sudden, the genetic test comes back as indicating the reason for his male factor infertility. And we can't do anything about genetic causes, but I can tell you that there's a tremendous amount of relief. The couple's dynamic is changed dramatically because she doesn't blame him. There is no blame to go around. This is the cause he was dealt with. These are the genetics he was born with. And now the question is, what can we do to move on? guys are really good at what you do just from talking to you for a few minutes i can tell i can tell <laughs> nothing uh, apart from all the accolades right and all the all the successes <laughs> in your research papers and such so that's what i wanted to move into as well as with all you guys' research and then creating this aim platform and collaboration to to work with other doctors and I, I love that it's creating an even wider network in the reproductive care industry well it's one of the reasons for your project aim getting better and a better understanding of male infertility and how you can help treat those patients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that the, you know, the kind of the initial goals are right to re raise awareness, give people access to expert male fertility care, which, uh, which we perform. But in the long term, you know, not only do we want to shift the burden from the women to both partners uh, in this uh, situation, but we have a, a tremendous database that's that is going to allow us to develop really new and innovative treatments, uh, in, and have a greater understanding uh, for, in the future for sure. What I'm what I'm also seeing is there's been a shift in terms of how couples plan their family building goals, and if we are able to get the male evaluated sooner and then optimize the treatment plan. I see a lot of couples who basically say, well, you know what, um, you know, the woman is 37, uh, they wanna have two kids and there's a male factor and we didn't waste their time you know, for six months to a year. And 
And what they do is they say, okay, let's create the family now. Let's do IVF. Let's use the technologies to make sure that those embryos are healthy genetically. It's now really something that is very commonly done. And I embrace it because now a 37-year-old woman's eggs with male factor infertility can create two or three genetically normal embryos, okay? And the success of a pregnancy is markedly improved with the transfer of just one at a time to minimize multiples. And all of a sudden, you know, there is no, there is no expiration date on those embryos. So when she's 40 or 41, right, uh, she has embryos that were created with her eggs at the age of 37. And that can make the difference between success and a family. Are you all hoping to encourage or inspire more uh, up and coming doctors or those who are already in the reproductive care to get more education on the male side? Is that one of the things that you guys are hoping to do as well? It's interesting because medicine has become sufficiently complicated and time is always a factor uh, that everybody's busy. And it's, and it's quite honestly, it's hard to keep up, you know, with your own uh, area of specialization. I can't expect a, a, a female a fertility specialist, a reproductive endocrinologist to understand all the nuances of, on the male side as well. And so, you know, we want them to, a, a, yes, we do want them to educate themselves about that. And we plan on educating them, but they also real, make them aware that we're available to help them so we can really make it easy, make their lives easier. Our goal is not to make it more difficult for the other doctors. It's to provide a service that relieve them of workload. It's, it's a collaboration. Else. Yeah, it's a collaboration. Right, exactly, exactly. And so how did you guys come into collaborating with one another on the project and spreading awareness and, and everything that goes into creating the platform? How did you guys shook hands on it? <laughs> We've been kind of designing a project, Damon, thinking about how we can reach out to, to more people. And I've known Natan for many years, and, and it was like a, a natural. He's in a really unique position that he's, you know, embedded in, in RMA in, in New York. And it, he's really, really very special in that he, he's incredibly qualified, knowledgeable. Obviously, you could tell by his comments, incredibly skilled and caring individual. So it was really natural for us to reach out to Natan and say, hey, is this something that you think would be, be interested in, in working in? Well, thank you, Barrett. I, uh, I think that the kudos go to Barrett and, and Pam and, and taking the window of the pandemic uh, and accelerating changes that are needed and gaps identified and solutions that work and just moving forward with it full force. And uh, it's a real privilege for RMA to be uh, engaged in this in the New York uh, environment. And I work with over 15 reproductive endocrinologists focused on the female. And the collaboration is such that we want to be able to make their successes easier or more, you know, and, and help the process that, uh, you know, to bring the technology that they have available. And also, I think what's important is to not always jump to IVF. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it seems like that's what people are jumping for. They're like bypassing IUIs. They're bypassing much lesser invasive forms of treatment to go straight to IVF. And I don't know if it's because of time, because time is such a factor, you know, especially when us women get to a certain age and, you know, we get impatient. <laughs> we just don't want to wait. So <laughs> right, but what we what we find is that when we evaluate the male early in the process, that we can make the process easier, more efficient, 
less invasive, less costly, not just to the individual, but, the, but to the healthcare system by addressing the male factor. Because if there's no female issue and there's a potentially reversible uh, male uh, factor, and we find that about 70% of the time we can actually improve a male's fertility status, is that we can make it easier for these companies. And this is really a, a, an amazing thing when you think of the size of the market from you know the number of dollars that are spent on, on care and healthcare in the United States right now, we can significantly uh, Im- impact that as well. The, the anxiety that a woman has is very much time dependent, right? So if she's now starting the process and we identify a male factor at month one or two, there's more. There's more, there's a window here for them to try naturally optimize things. But if they come as a couple after six, 12 months of trying, you know, all bets are off. Whatever we can do to optimize or improve things isn't relevant because you know six to 12 months have passed. So that's why getting the data early on is important. Testament to that in my six years before. <laughs> Getting diagnosed and going through the motions. Oh my gosh! Before having my son, I was diagnosed with infertility at 29, and um, yeah, it's a whirlwind. So I always appreciate the work that you guys do in reproductive care and doctors in general, but especially for reproductive care because that's I wouldn't have my son without doctors like you guys. So again, I appreciate you guys for coming on. Please tell us how we can get in touch with you all to be collaborative or and or be a patient of you all. And I'll give you guys the floor back to state your individual and collective platforms for those reasons. Our entity is called Posterity Health. We operate in 26 states, all the major states with major populations. Right now, we want to expand uh, even further. Um, but if you find us on posterityhealth.com, and we realize that telehealth really allows us to do the majority of the work remotely. And so even if you're not in one of our locations where we have a, a clinical office, we find that 90% of our care we can actually deliver through through telehealth, which is a shocking. And that's what kind of inspired us to create Posterity Health. And we learned this through COVID. So well, all of us hate COVID, believe me, okay. uh, person, uh, me included. I will tell you that it, that's what really gave me the the idea to really start Posterity Health was that I didn't really want to neglect my patients when COVID hit and we had to shut down our offices. Uh, those who were just starting their evaluation and treatment, those were in the middle and those who were trying to get across the finish line. And it, it, so I start begrudgingly, I began doing telehealth and thinking that it was going to be really difficult to communicate and connect with an individual through telehealth. And the reality is, is became much better and easier because uh, one, it was more efficient. The people didn't have to drive across town and find a place to park to in, in the office. Um, they didn't have to take uh, extra time off from work. And and there, it was much easier and, and more comfortable for the males to talk to me from the privacy and comfort of their own home as well, which made a huge difference. And the majority of the time, their female partner was there as well, which also provided really a, make it a much more useful conversation. And because again, we were treating this as a couple as opposed to, you know, an isolated male or an isolated female. And, and so that's how we kind of got the idea of starting Posterity Health 
was through through COVID. So while COVID has been a struggle for all of us, and will obviously will continue to be to some degree uh, for quite a while longer, there have been some benefits from that. And this is the one of them. Project AIM is a real unique initiative, really uh, a wonderful opportunity for Reproductive Medicine Associates of New York, Army of New York, the IVF facility that I've been fortunately engaged with for over two decades to really move on to the next generation of technologies and access to care and highlighting and focusing on the male. And I think just looking up Project AIM, Posterity Health, RMA of New York will get you to, to get started. And I encourage you know listeners and speakers to kind of, let's get the men engaged. Let's get them to be collaborative and function as a partner and, and set the tone for the for the future in terms of how a family functions. And we're here to help and bring science to it in an efficient, calm, un, you know, threatening fashion. Yeah, it's really interesting. It turns out that actually getting tre- treated by a male fertility specialist after, with the evaluation is actually pretty easy because the things that we do are, are relatively simple in terms of intervention. We most men only require either lifestyle and behavioral changes or medical treatment. It's very less about 10% actually require some kind of uh, surgical procedure. So we can make a big difference relatively easily in not just this uh, male's lives, but in this couple's life. And and the last thing I would say, you know, that's I think important as well is it's not just about the male being able to help initiate a pregnancy. Okay. What we're realizing right now is lifestyle choices, obesity, um, exposure to toxins, not only affects the ability to initiate a pregnancy, but the health of the pregnancy and miscarriages and diseases that might affect the child. So we need to not only, you know, we need to get the men to appreciate that what they're doing now is not just getting someone pregnant, but creating a child where the responsibility of that child is lifelong and the health of the child is dependent on your health right now. I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Dr. Parkham. I'm glad you said that. And I have, I have said something very similar to men in conversations when they ask me about my fertility and things like that. And um, I think we do forget about that one small aspect that it takes healthy sperm to create healthy and viable pregnancies as well as healthy eggs, right? It's the collective. Everything works together again. (laughs) Correct. You know, it's interesting because when a couple's able to conceive, whether naturally or through IVF, and not maintain the pregnancy, so there's there's multiple miscarriages, it's a devastating process. You know, it's a devastating process. And the the women feel that, I guess, their fault. You know, they, again, they share, they kind of really feel the burden of this emotionally. It's, it's incredible burden to have multiple miscarriages. And it turns out that in a significant number of those cases, it's not a female factor at all. It's a male factor. And so we devel- have developed this program. We call it a recurrent pregnancy loss or RPL consult, where we evaluate the male and really try to optimize the male because it's not just the presence of sperm that important, but it, the quality is really important as well. And so, uh, uh, 
when people are experiencing these situations, which are just devastating, have the male evaluated as well, because it can make a big difference in the long-term success. Yes. I'm so glad you guys are saying all these great and fantastic things as reminders to all of our friends listening to this episode and whether they've been on the the path to parenthood for many years or just getting started, all great reminders and uh, a lot of knowledge and and, and education that you guys have put into this one 35-minute episode. This is fantastic, and I'm so glad that we were able to do that, do this this morning. And I'm so thankful to you guys for getting up early for us <laughs> and speaking to <laughs> us about your project aim and just male factor infertility as a whole. I cannot say thank you guys enough. Thank you so much. For thank you for having us. Morning. Well, thank you for doing what you do. Helping us get the word out is really important. Yes, it is always important. And I will, I'm here for you guys. So anytime you want to come back on, I'm here. If you're doing something new, I'm here. And then hopefully I'll get some responses too. And maybe I can shoot those people to you guys directly into your inboxes and to your uh, secretaries and those who help you with your individual practice and collective. And so thank you friends for tuning in to another episode of infertility and me podcast you guys know where to find me on instagram peace and blessings you guys thank you thank you
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.